This is HPR episode 2871 entitled HPR Community News for July 2019 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 63 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is HPR volunteers talk about shows released and comments posted in July 2019. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to another episode of Hacker Public Radio. This is the Community News for July 2019. Joining me tonight are... I'm uh, Yannick, the French guy from Switzerland. I'll let, I'll let you go first because, you know, I'm just polite <laughs> that way. <laughs> Sorry. And no, no, I think we were hesitating whether you should speak, but um, this is Dave Morris. And also in the chat we have... KDG, who was muted. He was on here before. Uh, Hello. Hi. Hello. So this is HPR. HPR is a community podcast. This is where the shows are submitted by people like you. And if you are thinking of, gosh, what would be a great time to submit some shows, that would be round about now because we're kind of getting low on shows. And this is the community news show where members of the community discuss the shows that have been on in the last month, stuff that's been on the mailing list, and other bits and bobs that um, that have been happening in the HPR ecosphere. First thing we do traditionally is Dave introduces the new hosts. Well, we do have a new host this month. It's wonderful, and uh, he is called Might Be Mike. Very welcome to the network. Yeah, welcome to the family. Excellent. So the uh, first show to discuss was last month's community news, where we obviously didn't have any controversy whatsoever because nobody could be bothered to comment. (laughs) I did listen. Or the people who did wanted to comment were on holidays or something. So we're going to... We're going to step that up and try and uh, get a lot more uh, controversy in in this show. So let's uh, let's do that by starting talking about the following show, which was uh, earbuds uh, by operator. And I must say, I was disappointed at the lack of um, links in this to some of the stuff he was discussing because I couldn't quite catch it on the on the podcast and had to go back and look some of the stuff up because it's very interesting how uh, the custom earbuds and uh, custom sound setup. A few links would have been cool, operator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Who, to be honest, stuff. normally sends in us essays on <laughs> on stuff. <laughs> So I think nobody commented on that either, but that could be down to uh, people being on vacation and having no mobile plans. That's let's just assume that's what what it was this month. Yeah, this really was my case. I was uh, in France, so no data. Does your normal data not work in France? Sorry. Does the Switzerland data plan EU roaming not work in uh, France, or does in, that not apply to the EU, or not the, apply? No, that does not apply. Uh, I have uh, like uh, one megabyte or something like that in my Swiss uh, Swiss uh, plan, but uh, ah. nope, no, 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 no luck with the the 3G. I shall cry on the inside. The following number, the following number, seriously, <laughs> which is a random number. <laughs> Indeed, it is, and it's about Haskell, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. It's Turo Toto and his continuing series on Haskell. Just when you think you're getting the hang of this language. Actually, yeah. this, one, this one wasn't the one that... This one was fine. I got this one. 
The next one is the, the one that one, yeah. blew my, my head. Yeah. Yep. My conclusion. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go no, on. go ahead. I um, I just concluded that random numbers in Haskell are weird. <laughs> that was the notes I left myself. So uh, yeah, but it's it's brilliant. It's as always is really well explained. I just didn't have the notes in front of me, so I didn't. I, I was struggling listening to this. I have to say. I concluded yeah, long ago. Sorry. No, go ahead. Over. I concluded long ago that Askeld was really weird, not, not just random numbers, but still, it's uh, it's interesting and very well explained, as yes. usual. Yeah, and I, but I do, I, I've stopped fooling myself. Maybe I can get through a Dave Morris episode without looking at the show notes at at the time, but uh, no, with this, I have no no, no choice but to go to uh, the show notes and read them many times. <laughs> Exactly. Well, you know, this is putting me in a very uncomfortable place uh, computer-wise because it just makes me realize that there's a whole whole range of computers out there uh, in the whole tech sector that I'm not getting. I'm not able to get my head around this yet. And that's a good thing because it uh, opens you up to challenges and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. Um, when I started doing IT, then if you knew what you're doing in IT, then you were sort of godlike almost because mm -hmm. so few people understood it. And uh, <laughs> gradually, those sorts of ID, IT people used to wear white coats and all that sort of stuff. Long, long, long gone. It's, it's changed a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the yeah. following day was uh, number five of the seventh annual Hacker Public Radio New Year show covering things like Hack in a Box, Over the Wire, Under the Wire, Gnome Boxes, Talking about headsets, KDE Plasma, Kansas Linux Express, FreeNAS, uh, Gemini, uh, and it goes on and on. Very good links. Thank you, Honky Magoo. Unbelievable the amount of work that was necessary to put that, that show together, basically on the show notes mostly. Yeah, very impressive, very impressive. Then the following day, we had a hookah with a privacy and security series and then he has uh, another few coming in there as well and this one was on the nist cybersecurity framework and i always tend to get a little bit nervous when the word cybersecurity gets mentioned but in this case it was uh, just because it came from a government but very good tips i found all right very practical as well yeah uh lots of things that uh, when you've think about it is uh, just you know common sense but uh, it's always good to to have um, those things uh, in, in the same same place same document uh, and uh, uh, very very interesting to listen to and uh, very practical to uh, put in uh, put in place yeah I enjoyed this one it um, as you say it's very it's got a lot of common sense to it surprisingly really because it, it used to be a sort of dark art yeah, exactly. to a large extent and uh, it's quite nice to, to hear some basic down-to-earth advice like this it's uh, it's very useful for hookah to do this and also um the fact that it's supported by you know an american and u.s government funded national institute of standards and technology that adds weight to it you know the older things that we've been saving for years you can now go well you know Here's a document that says, uh, so now now it's not just me that's saying it. It's the National Institutes of Standard and Technology in the U.S. who is saying these things as well. So we really need to do it. It kind of shifts the burden. So the following day we had Monsieur Jeroen Baton. And... <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he's going to pronounce it English-wise, I think we can. I can pronounce it in. I don't know whatever language sounded that was, like French. Was to be here. Well, if you say it's French, then fine. Jérôme Baton. I was going for South African, but okay. <laughs> okay. Wow, this this guy just blows my mind, and uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant show. I uh, I left a comment because nobody else is. Uh, car, cars parked over the put. Hi, Jeroen. What do you do when cars are parked over the fire hydrant, Ken? I've been wanting to know this for ages. 
And I also wanted to know, because I live in the Netherlands, obviously, and this is about the Netherlands. So his comment was there are red boards on which tells you with the numbers on it. So uh, we'd been wondering with the kids for years what those numbers were, but we thought they were related to the fire hydrants, but now we know exactly what it is. But oftentimes people, you know, they're on the pavement and people park their cars on top. So I would love to know what happens when uh, somebody parks the car on top and there's a fire. Blow the car with a, a Oh, I control. know that. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so, no, no, that would be that would be <laughs> terrible, obviously. <laughs> was I unmuted there? Yes. Somebody I want once... to read uh, Kevin's? <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I'll do it. Okay. Uh, Kevin O'Brien says, I love the show. I guess you never know when someone's going to do something unexpected yet awesome. I love this show. Yeah, yeah. Jaron always come up with good shows. Yeah, God, it really sucks. He's making it hard for the rest of us. Like, yeah, yeah, that's. Uh, I, I guess uh, that's why I'm not making any more show for HBR. Yeah, exactly. You're never Thank gonna you be yeah. very much. I'm never gonna be as good as that. So, yeah, I think <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back to doing uh, knots in my earbud things and uh, hacking ironing boards again to lower the standard a little. <laughs> Did you get the impression that your room was uh, saying, uh, "Oh well, um, there's lots of other stories, and I can tell you about them later"? Did he? Did he commit to to more? Do you think? Yes. I felt that that was a series myself. Anyone else? Should be. Should yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Your own. You owe us a show. <laughs> Gnu Ork Part Sixteen. Time to take it out the backyard and put it down. Dear oh dear. Yeah. This is a good show. This. Yep. I'll, I'll start with Turu Toto's uh, comment. Thanks. Thank you for the series and the wrap-up episode. It's been a pleasure to follow the series and learn about Auk. I don't use Auk myself, but it's always good to know that there are plenty of tools to choose from when there's a specific need. Um, uh, yes, Yannick? I totally agree. Yep. So, uh, Ipster said, thank you. Thank you for the series, you guys. It was great. I learned more than I wanted to. I tried hard to not learn, but you made me. Not just about <laughs> Oak, but about programming, information theory, data structures, history, bash, etc. Dot, dot, dot. And Norris says, HPR Epic, this series will stand out as one of the highlights of HPR. Thank you, Be Easy, and Dave Morris. Couldn't agree more. Bulabus for both of you. Yes. Well, yes. clap and press the hold to talk is not working, but clap, clap, clap. I tried that, yes. The, so congrats. Uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed <laughs> at this point. But I said many thanks for the kind words. Thank you to Tua to Hipster and Norris for your comments. We had a lot of fun putting the series together. I certainly found out more about Orc than I knew before, and I think the same sentiment was expressed by my collaborator, Be Easy. There's nothing quite like telling others about the thing to make you understand it better. Smiley face. So now the only three things we need to do. One is put the show notes together as a, a book. ebook. Number one. Yeah. Yep. And it's planned. It's planned, but no, nothing's been done. But no the pressure. Plan is, no pressure. No plan pressure. Is, uh... And the second one is for somebody to use the audio tracks of these episodes and then do a screen typing thing and make a video of it so that we can put it on YouTube and Facebook and stuff. Just saying, no pressure, guys. Anyone who wants Whoa. to volunteer. <laughs> can you imagine not that? doing it? Oh. I mean, there's, the audio is there. All you need to do is follow along. Yeah, just... volu- I can volunteer to stitch the audio together, but not the transcription part. Of course it's going to be a lot of work. But anyway. So you're not already doing it? Nope. Hell no. <laughs> Volunteers are needed for this sort of thing. Ah. It's going to be a, a lifetime achievement. I see other podcasts do it, but maybe they use a different recording app. We could, uh, yeah, but we uh, we can put them on YouTube. That's, that's fine. Uh, it's just a transcoding thing, but taking something like the Ock series or uh, said series or indeed um, some of the other ones that have been done in the past and then um, as the person is talking type the commands out 
on the screen and show you the output. So the the vocal, the voice actor has have done the work. The script has been written. Now we just need a an animator to come along and edit the stuff together. So if you are, for example, a bit shy or a bit nervous about having your uh, voice on HPR, um, then indeed this would be a way to contribute back to the community. <laughs> There are so, people who do this, but uh, but I don't know whether they do it after the event. But I'm certainly not volunteering myself. I've had no, absolutely <laughs> not. I, can, I guarantee you that's a lot. If someone was to take that on, that would be great. But uh, it'll be a lot more work than you think. Um, the following day, we had Feeding the Beast by Foki. And this was Bankid and Swedish Payments, about basically online payments. I think it's Bank ID. Bank ID, of course it is. What the hell? <laughs> Fine, thanks. Your thoughts? Uh, it, it sounded uh, a little bit like what's happening in Switzerland too, where we have uh, uh, more and more ways to um, to use uh, alternate payment method. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the, um, the, 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 the payment, not, not the, the identity uh, part. But um, it was interesting to to have a, a point of view on what's happening in uh, in another country, uh, and uh, I, I think that's yeah that that's the kind of thing that we're gonna have to face in the future, and uh, uh, more more and more. Uh, how can I say that? Um, I was going to say unreal, but it's not unreal, but uh, virtual ways of, you know, spending Mm. money. (laughs) It seemed, I mean, uh, here in the Netherlands, I don't think I've paid carry cash for the last two, three years. Uh, The only time I would ever need to use cash now is uh, if somebody's leaving, but now there's even, you get a, like a a URL to, uh, there's a website service that they'd say, you know, here, transfer this into my bank account and you go to there and you automatically transfer it from your bank account. So cash is becoming less and less of a thing. Yeah. But there are implications and I really enjoyed that this episode was there because it got me thinking again about these implications. I, I'm uncomfortable about the fact that it needs a phone because phones are very, very vulnerable to yeah. all manner of yeah. attacks. Why would you be using that as the... The, the device to, to do it. I mean, um, I think, is it dumb phones that are used in Africa? Of course, this is big, mm. it's a big thing in Africa, isn't it? Uh, all, many countries in Africa are using phones for, for sort of micropayments and that type of thing. That's fantastic. But I don't see, I don't think they're very smart phones. And I don't know why we would be carrying, you know, a thousand pounds worth of phone just to pay. 50p at the at the news agents or something you know that doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't seem, seem to right to me or necessary <clears throat> when i can carry a card and exactly you know well technically payment yeah. technically all you need is a, a private key that's yep. basically yeah so you could it could be just a usb key or something you know yeah less, yeah. less expensive than the phone well, I just bought myself a burner phone, as they call them, a Nokia, Nokia 105. <laughs> can you hook me so, up, Dave? Can you hook me up? Because, because the bank keep on nagging me about how they've, they've made things more secure, and when I pay the money, they have to send me a SMS message, and then I have to type that number in. So I was not going to give them my, uh, my mobile number because then I know I'm going to get spammed all the time on it. So, you know, it's, it's that sort of stuff that, that bothers me. Maybe I'm a crotchety old so-and-so, but uh, it just, just bothers me, this stuff. So your bank in your land uh, like to spam people? Likes yep. to do what, sorry? Your, your bank in your land like to spam people? They spam you with SMS messages, Dave. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Well, I get lots of unsolicited um, phone calls anyway. Because my number, not so much on my mobile, but my landline number has leaked. So I get sort of multiple daily calls from people in wherever India quite a lot of the time telling me that 
you know, I had an accident or my phone has got viruses on it, or my, my computer's got viruses on it, and all that sort of stuff. And how did that get out? That got out through me being not being aware of the, the consequences of sharing a, a, a phone number. Mm. And, uh, yeah. you know? But uh, I'm not... I don't think the bank is uh, the big evil phone number. Not in my country. Not sure if it's how I've done it in your country. But they do. Well, have, I've seen it in uh, Ireland and other places where they will start sending you special offer on this and special offer on that. So, yeah. And the, the banks are just a small element of huge multinational companies. And they they will send you they will pass your details on to others in that company because I'm constantly when I deal with the with the bank having to tick uh, or remove ticks from boxes that say you know I, I'd like to hear more interesting stuff from other members of the of the group you know so yeah. I can so I think that that if if you if you put it out any like personal, your mailing list <laughs> it's it's like being on a mailing list yeah yeah and it, and yeah. and they pass it around. Thankfully, the GDPR is helping us with that particular one. Yeah. Well, uh, a creeping mailing list. I, I misunderstand your mailing list. I thought this was like a RS feed. No, our mailing list is the old school mailing list. And then we yeah. have RSS feeds for the shows. Oh, but I didn't understand that. And I got a fault. I, I added myself from my spam list. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, anyway, back to the show. The next show was Telling Myself Something in the Morning by Jezra, uh, Programming 101. And uh, it's even up on GitLab. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I like uh, I like Jezra's show. Yeah. And I like the idea, too. I mean, I, I, I myself forget forgot a lot of... Uh, Small things I tell I tell myself, oh, okay, I've got to do that. I've I've got to you know uh, get get this paper ready, or uh, and then I always remember those things just like maybe three minutes after I could have done that. Like I, I have something to take uh, uh, to take to to the office, and I you know start the car, leave the the house, and then oh. I forgot yep. this. Um, <laughs> I forgot this paper or this. And uh, well, I'm not gonna turn around. It's uh, too much. So I, I'll pick it up tomorrow, and then the next day, same thing happens. Yep. Uh, Toto says bagpipes for the win. Hilarious and informative episode at the same time. Thank you for recording it. Yeah. Dave Beck said, said, rusted pipes. I'm guessing that sound wasn't written for the backpipe. (laughs) Jezra says, pipes up. Thank you, Toto. That bit of bad piping is a melody I learned after NY Bill asked me for some audio to represent time passing. It's very few notes, but I always mess it up. Smiley face. It should be noted that no songs were ever written for bagpipes. Songs are compositions that are to be sung by a voice, not played on an instrument. Smiley face. <sighs> we'll have a few tunes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So the following day, we had the New Year's Eve show, part six. Makers, Apple Talk, Linux on the mobile, more 3D printing, etc. No comments on that one either. And then we had a Mo- Mint Mobile security rant by Operator. And you can also use call forwarding to forward calls to your Google Voice number. Mint does not seem to stay connected all the time. This, I think, was kind of probably very US-centric because I didn't quite yeah. get the functionality that was on offer here. Although I do get the... After a while, I realized it was uh, it was like a SIM card service or uh, like a uh, cheap telco service. Yeah, I didn't didn't get the the whole picture. So yeah, but uh... I uh, ditto here. I went that tells you what you do to join, but it doesn't tell you what it is. 
or not in any way that I could understand. Yeah. But uh yeah, I I did figure that it was a uh it was a mobile voice operator and that they were trying to uh, he was trying to switch cards and stuff, so it became obvious at the end. But don't forget folks, read the internationalization section when you're doing the upload thing. Don't assume that everybody knows uh what you're talking about because there are different countries out there, many different listeners from all across the planet. Um Creating counterplay collectible tokens for a uh, Bitcoin game. Dave and I, this was uh, the first show by Might Be Mike, and I must say, Dave and I struggled with this one. We thought it was for sure, for sure spam. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, well, until the, 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 the episode, was it like three days later or something like that? Or. Uh... Uh, no, 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 that. If, yeah, if it was like an, an ad for the game, or what, what was that? But uh, yeah, strange but interesting. Yeah, although although the the concept of a Bitcoin and these sorts of blockchain things have been explained to me many times, I'm still not entirely clear why. I'm still asking the question why. And uh, so I came away from this one. Why, why would you want to to do this? That probably is more of an indication of my lack of knowledge than anything else. Yeah, well, uh, I, I I ask myself the same question: Why would you use a blockchain for uh, for for that? At first, I didn't even understand understand what it was about. But then, as the show progressed, I understood it was a collectible card game. Uh, basically, and then the use of the blockchain makes sense if you want to um, to track every transaction, so that you know that I had this token, which is basically a card, and uh, there are some common cards and some rare cards. And if I sell you a card, then you need to have a proof that I had I had it, and then now you have it, and it's still in the game, it's still there. The blockchain allows to trace um, to trace the the, the 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 change of owner of the this uh, of this uh, token. So yeah, in the end, it kind of makes sense. But um, yeah, it was not really clear uh, in the beginning. But still, uh, I I understood. I think I understood it in the end. Yeah, I we've. Um... Asked him for more shows, and there are more shows coming in. So that is uh, that is also excellent. Um, I personally would like to answer the question: the blockchain. Yes, I understand what it is and what it does, but I, I'm kind of more on the opinion that again, it's a solution waiting for a problem. And yeah, yeah, but I can cool. I can agree that that was. In my mind, there was no need for the blockchain. And now there's the blockchain and everyone's trying to figure out how to use it. And, you know, Fine. Um, yes. crypt- okay, crypto, but... yeah, crypto money is, uh, is one use of it. Yes. But, uh, as, as with many things, there was no need in the, in the beginning. So they created some need. But, you know, that's also fine. Yeah, I'm happy with it existing, but whether it's going to solve the Brexit crisis, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow I think not. No, no. Hard to know if anything will solve the Brexit crisis. Anywho, vehicle designer for a space game. Now, this is one that I did particularly enjoy due to the fact that even though I'm not following the Haskell thing, I did. I find it fascinating how he's building the game full stop like all the stuff that you just take for granted with these stats and stuff how how they're coming together and the pictures are pretty cool yes Very nice Toto, obviously because it's haskell of course who else yes i think it's very cool as well and uh i, I sorry i just just looked at the picture and it's it's uh, it's sort of been truncated on my screen for some reason or other, mm-hmm. it was originally like that. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, it, it, the the potential of it is is very very cool. But whether I would ever play it, I think I would be all at sea with this. But um, yeah, 
admire his uh, his skill in in building it. So the following day, we had HPR. I think it's the last one, isn't it? And there were two comments, uh, both of which. Uh, do you want to read? Okay, I'm going to read the first one by uh, Dudu. I disagree with just about all the opinions expressed in this episode. Uh, wow. <laughs> Chalk me up for uh, the opposite on just about all the views expressed in this episode, just in case someone puts together a debate. Good to hear the discussion, but I'm sure do disagree with so much of what was said. Here's to your right to say it. And uh, DODD dummy uh, followed up with saying, first hour, that is. The last comment was referring to the first hour of the episode. Okay, I would like to comment on this, if I may. <clears throat> As a HPR volunteer, I would like to say there are... We are very, very binary here on this network. There are two types of people. There are people who have submitted a show, and there are people who have not yet submitted a show. Now, I would like to say, from my point of view, I could not agree with the dummy uh, more. The thinly veiled... Whatever that was in the first episode was very, very difficult to uh, stomach. So, um, yes. Thank you very much. And that has been said. Yes. Probably, and I hope, well, actually, I don't care because uh, I think it's ridiculous. The argument that was put forward that a doctor would need to know that information. Well, you're not going to be a super doctor if you can't tell if uh, somebody has already gone through that level of surgery. Yeah. Um, anyway, fine. I've I have personal opinions on this, and I may even record a show on it. And I've Ken, been trying to line up. You you owe us a show. <laughs> Sorry, go on. What? You owe us a show now. Yes. Well, I've been. There, there are a few people who have gone through this in my life, uh, and oddly enough, a few who are going through it themselves. And I'm thinking, as as a parent, how would you how would you deal with that? If okay, you got this. You've got this. You're writing a bash script, right, Dave? And uh, uh-huh. and you get a variable, and that variable is your brain, the the, the you know your sexuality, and your brain thinks it's X. And you forget to assign the variable to subfunction, which is, you know, genitals, and they come out as Y. You know, why should we fucking punish somebody for that? You know, just dudes. And your burden is the addition or subtraction of a single letter when you're addressing these people. You know, if if the, if that's uncomfortable for you, then use they, them, you, or hi. Just you know, skip over it. Sorry, but okay. <laughs> Fine, and I am trying to put a show together. I'm trying to convince some people to come on and talk to us about that whole process. But um, as you can imagine, it's it's difficult for somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone else want to uh, <laughs> to uh, annoy people with their opinions? I, I'm afraid I have no opinion on this one. I, I, my notes say. Where the hell was I when this show was playing in my ears? I, I think I must have fallen asleep at that point or something because uh, I'm going to have to go back and listen to this to uh, to formulate an opinion. I was in the shed and I was very, very frustrated um, simply because um, I've seen how upsetting. All right, picture this scene, right? You have uh, this lady I worked with and... Uh, there's a queue for the men's toilets, and the uh, the guy, one of the our colleagues, comes over and goes, "Hey, there's no women around here," and then nips into the women's toilet, and she's standing right there in front of him, and you know just how fucking rude that was, and that's just you know that's just rude. It's just rude. Anywho, there we go. <laughs> I may have to go back and edit out all of this because, you know, we don't want <laughs> Ken Fallon's opinions to prevent people from feeling like they can submit a show. So these are my personal opinions. And as 
dummy puts it, a debate would be absolutely excellent thing to have. I don't think I could do that because I um are I, I tend to be a slow thinker and therefore wouldn't be quick enough to respond to this. But yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I me too on the slow thinking. I would need some some time to to, to think to think uh, think carefully through this one. Uh, I have kids who have uh, quite strong opinions on on these subjects, so we have some family get-togethers where we, we we thrash out some of these points. So that will be that would be helpful too to this old geezer. Mm-hmm. Encryption and quantum computing. How will quantum computing affect the security of encryption? Oh yeah. This this one was actually interesting. Oh, and by the way, HPR is all about these sort of discussions. Don't be afraid to talk about political discussions. Don't be afraid to give us your opinions on here. But do not expect everybody to agree with you. Okay, that's that said. Ahuka, by the way, this was this show. Sorry, my comments was about the previous show. <laughs> this, this was about uh, Ahuka's quantum... Uh, privacy and security episode where he discusses quantum computing and what likely effects it will have on uh, breaking encryption algorithms and what work is currently ongoing to make it possible to safely have security and encryption in a quantum computing world. Yes, I I found that really uh, quite... uh quite uh, an interesting uh, viewpoint on it. I have n- not really followed up where this is going and it was good for him to uh, sort of set off down on that journey and I could follow along. So yeah, thank you. It was actually quite cool because uh, the last I had left it myself was oh, you know, we're all going to be screwed when quantum computing comes along, but he already mentioned that they're working on some algorithms and ways to approach it that would make it difficult for quantum computing to uh uh to break as you might expect i suppose but uh, it's uh, it does look a bit scary as you as you see this this thing coming over the horizon so the next day uh but before we go on i just want to uh end up with a comment about the hbr episode things uh the new year shows a special shout out to hunky and all the guys who were responsible for putting that together, but especially for him for editing those shows, the show notes, and uh, posting them. It was a massive amount of work, and uh, fair kudos to him for doing that. Thank you very much. Oh, I completely echo that, yeah. I, I did offer to help out with the, the notes if the help was needed, but... Uh, yeah, Fingers crossed, going, don't ask, don't ask. No, no, no. <laughs> Run away quickly. But uh, no, yeah. He didn't. Uh, he didn't call for any help. So, so good for good for him, really. He took it all on himself. So, um, the following day, we had HPR two H six one safety razors by operator. Another one, and it took me a while to figure out what safety razors were again. Um, but, yep, very cool. That's a that's a subject of debate in my house um, because uh, the. The business of shaving has, uh, with many capitalist ventures, has turned into complete complete insanity. That you now have to buy a razor that has forty seven blades on it and uh, can work <laughs> upside down and in a in a force ten gale and all that sort of stuff. And you pay vast amounts. I know it was in the supermarket that the that all of these things are under lock and key. You know you have to. Pretty mm-hmm. much ask somebody, I'd really like to buy a razor, please. Whereas it was about the, the same level of expense as a as a ballpoint pen when I was a kid. Yeah. But um, it's uh, it's insane. But there does seem to be a move away from that to the, the more old-fashioned style of uh, double-edged um, so-called safety razors, safety in the context Again, of... Again, disposable ones, yeah. D- disposable, yeah. Well, you just got a single blade which you put into a razor, having unscrewed it and dropped it in, and so forth. And um, and and it's it, it lasts you a fair time. It does the job perfectly. It's a lot, lot, lot cheaper, and uh, you know it's just less uh, less junk ending up in landfills as a consequence. So, but um, it'll probably change. It'll probably get very, very expensive, <laughs> and and. 
all that sort of stuff. But my son's very, very much into uh, these sorts of razors, so we've had long discussions about, about this. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good. I enjoyed listening to this. Yes, as did I. I had the same sort of journey myself going, why am I spending so much on this when I could just grow a beard and buy a beard trimmer? Which I did. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. fashion statements aside, my beard is there purely for economic reasons. Yes, yes, I did that when I was younger as well. Yeah, yeah. Art versus commerce in storytelling. Lost in Bronx examines stories as both art and products. And this also was the last in the episode in the series. And I was very, very sad. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's been, been something that's uh, it's been a fixture, hasn't it, for quite a while. I've thoroughly enjoyed it because I love storytelling. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a brilliant series from my point of view. Uh, I strongly suspect Lost in Bronx was on a road trip somewhere across America and just recorded them one after the other and, and you know, took, got it on first, you know, first edit and and uh, just piped them all into us. But a, a great, really appreciate it, b Loved his work. If you don't contribute on Patreon to him, you should definitely do that if you're into his stuff. And why wouldn't you be... So, Visa had simplified application architecture for improved security, a thought experiment in whether reducing runtime dependencies can improve security and how to do it. This was interesting, actually. Thoughts? Well, yes. Um, Visa sounds to be to have come from a similar background to mine. He's mentioned VAX or EMS, which is why I remember that. And Fortran. <laughs> And he also wrote in Coral 66, and I did, did those as well. And uh, talking about how it, you just wrote the whole thing pretty much. Not, not absolutely. I mean, there were a number of libraries which you had to link in and stuff in my time. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, you, you could write a thing that was totally standalone if you wished. Um, uh, but uh, then shared libraries and DLLs and things came along. And the, I remember the innovation of... Um, shared libraries which were being shared simultaneously by any number of uh, bits of software that were running on a on a shared uh, shared machine, you know, on a multi-user machine, and how we thought that was wonderful because memory was very short in those days, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and this was this was a tremendous innovation, and so on. And that's the way things are. I mean, the, and his point was that that the pressures that made that happen no longer exist because memory can be vast and uh, there's, there's almost no limit to it. So, so in doing this, can you do you not leave all sorts of uh, attack surfaces open? So, which seems seems like a, an argument. I, I can't I can't comment on whether that's the case, but you would expect that it, it might well be. Yeah, but I get his point. But the benefits of a shared library is also that there are more uh, more people using it, more eyes on the code. Uh, so you get the you also get those benefits from having a shared library as well. Admittedly, you know if you just want to do one thing and you pull in a whole library for that, that your attack surface is greater. Interesting discussion, though. Yeah, yeah, no, it's some interesting points. I'm sure there were times when you could select at compile time whether you wanted to be a static binary that you produced or whether you wanted to uh, to make it shared on that. And if it was static, then you potentially take it somewhere else where those libraries didn't exist. And he was talking about that as well, wasn't he? Yeah. So I don't think that's the case anymore. You can't easily generate static stuff. You 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 go and put it into a into a snap or a something similar. Mm-hmm. You have flat, flat pack, snap, and up, up image. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. The following day, we had one weird trick to add a dash dash help option to your ox scripts uh, by Tlatu, who was determined not to let the ox series die. I'm sure you <laughs> have comments. I was really surprised to, to see this. But he, what Tlatu has done now twice is to go and look a little bit 
behind the sort of stuff that we we were doing, and uh, which was you know we tried to go into a fair degree of depth, but it ended up being fairly superficial in some respects. We didn't burrow down into the the complexities because we didn't feel the audience would uh, would want it. But um, he's point, pointed out some. <laughs> well, he's Clatu has pointed out some some really interesting and useful uh, um, aspects that uh, that have, that have complemented the the series, I think. And this business of can you write a script where you put hyphen hyphen help, uh, which you then deal with, is is a, is a pain. Because to me that that shows the deficiencies of orc as a as a standalone language, the fact that the orc interpreter thinks it's for it rather than for the script, and uh, you know there should be a way in which you can say look or look orc this is none of this is for you it's all for the script and leave it alone and you, you can't which is very frustrating. Fascinating though, it is actually kind of cool. Yeah yeah yeah. There, there is a, there are tricks around. I remember digging into this sort of thing years ago. There are tricks where you can have the same script, which in one context is interpreted by your shell, and then you feed it, you feed the whole thing to the language you want, which may be orc or whatever, and it's ignored by the orc or whatever it is, and uh, and so it serves the two purposes. In the first, in the shell. The thing that it interprets is the thing that says "submit me to orc and and pass these arguments to it directly without the interpreter messing about with them. Um, bit similar to um, Clatu's second example, but but all in one uh, tiny package. But if you do that, then you end up in a in a Having painted yourself into a corner, I think, because it's very shell specific and uh, yeah. it's really unmaintainable and defeats the purpose of what you were trying to do in the first place. Yes, Rock. yes, but cool. Uh, long may Tlatu continue to uh, feed the shows. Maybe you yeah. two will start getting feeling guilty and continue to uh, send us in some shows. Anywho, moving on. The YouTube channels I really like, Yeroon Button, The Steve Colbert Show, uh, Curious Mark, Virtual A, uh, oh, they ver- Apollo Guidance Computer, Moshex, and Death Wears Bunny Slippers. So, uh, three shows that you could listen to there or watch on uh, YouTube. And if you have yeah. uh, people listening have uh, some channels that they want to share, please do so. It is a great way of... Um, of- learning about stuff that you, you might not have come across because the way the YouTube works is it's, it's recommendations on what you already, the sort of tunnel you're currently going exactly. down. Getting yeah. somebody else's high view of these things can be really, uh, really break you out of these sorts of things. So, And also tells yeah. you a lot about the person. So. Oh, it does, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's quite uh, revealing. <laughs> so might be Mike, might not be, also did an introduction to Bitcoin for techies, which was... Concise, short, sweet, and to the point. If I may say so myself. Yeah, I th- I really like this. He has a really good way of explaining stuff, and I I really did um, follow along with this. Um, so I've marked that down as something to go and look at again, listen to again, if I need to get into the depths of uh, of Bitcoin. Very few shows, uh, uh, very few comments this uh, this month. Yeah, I know. Actually, I'm not sure, not sure why that is. Is there an issue with the common system, perhaps? Well, we would have heard no, about it. Uh, no, I think it's, it's probably been... just the summer months and people uh, will comment when they get back. Yep. Then, uh, almost done. Mr. X automatic tuning with the Kenwood TS940S, which was uh, basically following up from his HPR2668. Uh, show which he was doing a, a review and then he had the opportunity to add in some automatic tuning uh, on basically use the functions that he hadn't put in before because he was requested to in the comments of that show which was actually quite nice to hear yeah 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 so it's good to have a, a bit of, uh, of a demonstration of a thing you're, you're talking about or a picture or whatever whatever else mm-hmm. is appropriate 
exactly. Yeah. Especially when it's audio only, but in a but in a something example. I put an example in there. So the last show of this month, two eight six eight custom data with persistence. Toto explains how to serialize custom data with persistence in. Guess what programming language? Yes, folks, it's Haskell. <laughs> what a surprise. What a surprise. There you go. So that was it. Uh, a lot of shows this month, actually. He, yeah, is it three from Toronto this, this month? I'm yeah. kind of glad because, uh, yeah, it's a bit, uh, we're a bit shorter shows, actually. I'm starting to get a smidgen worried. We always have a summer lull, but um, so. If you have a few shows there in the old pipeline, you might throw them our way. No need to plug up the queue immediately, but uh, you know, stick to the recommendations there on the upload page. So if there's a free slot in the next two weeks, please use those. Um, other than that, you can fill out some slots in, in future weeks and months. It's always nice to have. So uh, there were some other strange comments uh strange comments no they weren't strange comments they were just other comments operator responded to a comment on node.js part one and uh, he wanted to say i still want to work on this but uh but this is what i have so far and he uh put in a link to the scripts that he was working on and he wants to convert his bash scripts which he points to to puppeteer do you do the other one please mm -hmm. fair enough the other one goes way way back to episode 438 which was a dave yates episode and viper says hello i notice you've recommended foss geek i'd like to listen myself but i've been unable to find a copy of the files does anyone have a copy on an old hard disk i can have thank you Anyone out there with Foss Geek? I tried to look awesome on. Uh, I had to look on the Wayback Machine. I didn't spend a lot of time on that, and I got distracted afterwards, so I haven't really followed completely through. But I couldn't find anything that seemed to be useful on the Wayback Machine. So, uh, and I, I also checked textfiles.com, which is always a good or textfiles.org is it? Uh, mm -hmm. Jason Scott's one. Jason um, Scott, yeah. And uh, couldn't find it over there either. But so anyone listening, Foss Geeks, if you've got a copy of it, would be awesome to uh, not have that loss to perpetuity. And that there, Dave, is the end of our comments for this month. But that there is also the whole point of uh, HBR and the longevity of the thing. Apparently now, Dave, podcasting is popular again. Have you noticed? I have. Yeah, yeah. I see. I heard the radio radio four extra prattling on about this podcast and that podcast and stuff and uh, they tend to be pointing towards podcast no. providers which is often the bbc but other people who don't offer rss feeds and all this sort of stuff so the <gasps> the, the big boys are coming in to uh, to get to start milking it i feel yeah i had uh, there was um comment on the internal blog in work about uh, people uh, people recommending good podcasts so I recommended HBR and then I put down yeah we've been doing this for the last 14 years so there's quite a selection <laughs> 14 years <laughs> not so hip and trendy as you think folks anywho shall we do the uh, mailing list discussions then perhaps I don't think it'll take very long because there's uh, not community news is coming up Crikey, if I'd only known. <laughs> so, yeah, I think mine was the only contribution to the mailing list. Oh, Yannick's, um, Yannick's back from walking his dog, he said. Yeah, that, uh, that, needs to, that needs to go into, that needs to be recorded. Yeah. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, lwn.net community calendar for August. Anything coming up? Let me see. FROSCon, Flock, PyCon Africa, LDC Brazil, Flock COS Cup 2019. What's that? Conference and open source coders, users, and promoters in Taipei in Taiwan. LSS is Linux Security Summit in San Diego, US. 
Uh, Tracing Summit, San Diego in US. Uh, Open Source Summit, North America, San Diego. I get the feeling that perhaps they've all organized these in together as one big conference. FOSS4G in Bucharest, no idea what that is. Guadec, a GNOME user and developer conference in Greece. We'll mosey over to September 2019, see if there's anything coming up there. Euro SciPy is in Brazil. Open Source Firmware Conference is in California in the US. Pi Colorado is Pi Conference in Colorado. Academy 2019 zone on the first week of September. And Kernel Summit Maintainers GNU Tools Cloud Foundry Summit DPDK Disk User Space in France. ASG All Systems Go in Berlin. Central Pennsylvania Open Source Conference. And that's about it from there. And deadline for call for papers. Ohio Linux Fest is on the 17th of August. PyCon South Africa, I presume. Yeah, is on the end of the month, as is OS Camp Foreman LAS in Nuremberg in Germany. Any other business? Well, the Ohio, Ohio Linux Fest conference call for papers or call for presentations uh, you just mentioned, and uh, it's the deadline has been moved forward to August the 17th. So uh, there's, a, there's an item about that, which I won't read out because it's quite long. The other the next one was we had a problem with show 2855, which got a bit entirely my fault truncated oh, okay. so I put a bit of waffle here which is fairly short but just to say that we upload all shows to archive.org and shows downloaded via the feeds the HBRS feeds actually come from that copy so they're also on the, the HBR site so uh, what happened was on Friday the 12th of July, this show was uploaded to archive.org and was found to be truncated. So people, when they got that on the feed, got a truncated version. So um, we we spotted it and fixed it. And it was then the, the RSS feed was tweaked so that everybody would re-download it and this all happened thereafter for me the next day on the Saturday. So, uh, so the problem was solved. But uh, it's a, it's a and it's a rare event. So, just thought it was worth worth noting that uh, these things do happen. And you know, in a world of in a system run by volunteers, then it's hard to respond fast. But I think we did damn well actually. Yeah, the, I would uh, agree. The issue if anyone's interested, was we take, because we don't know what format the audio files will come in, we'll accept any format. We use FFmpeg to convert it to a a raw uh, pulse switch modulated file, which is <laughs> by definition quite large. So if you send in a, a FLAC file, that's going to be more or less similar in size. Well, it's actually going to be quite a lot larger. Um, so that's why we always want the best copy that we can possibly get. And then from there, we convert into FLAC, WAV, and all the other formats. Because the New Year shows tend to be quite large and three or four hours long, uh, and I was actually posting a lot of shows at the time, but the disk space ran out on my laptop. And the script doesn't... Uh, doesn't know that the, the file is created, so it sees that the file has been created and then it moves on. So that worked okay for the... Uh, it was just on the border, so it was okay for to create the one for the website, but not okay for to do the one for the Internet Archive. So the one for the website was created correctly, and the one for Internet Archive didn't have enough space, so you got the intro... You got the description, the intro, and the outro bought a zero-byte central file. So to fix that, I have uh, I haven't modified the script in any way yet um, because that's coming with something else. But to fix that, I am now also checking uh, 
the files that we're sending to archive.org. So prior to this, I've only been checking the files on the uh, website, but now I check the physical media as well for, um, and I also check to make sure that the durations are more or less within a few seconds of each other on all different platforms. So hopefully this particular problem won't occur again. Mm -hmm. Cool. So the final AOB thing was just me saying that I submitted some more tags and summaries to the thing. I don't usually say that it was me what done it and sort of make make believe that there's there's uh, elves that are doing these things in secret, but I thought I'd just uh, say it was me what done it. So there you go. I still well done. submit the uh, last... I still have... If you're appearing on this list of days, report underscore missing underscore tags dot PHP, can you submit some things so that we all won't be embarrassed. <laughs> I second that. Crikey, that's an impressive page, Dave. Yeah. Vulnerabilities. I mean, 147, 1491, and 2204. Wow. <laughs> cool. You were saying? No, I was saying... It, I was um, wrongly thinking that new shows didn't have tags but it's it's mostly old shows i think yeah tags are now mandatory talk dave yeah that's true yep that's certainly made made uh, life a lot easier at my end of things oh yeah <laughs> but even even i mean even if if it's not mandatory it's uh, it's literally 10 seconds so there's there, there there's no excuse for not tagging your show well, now yeah, it's mandatory, also, so... Know, yeah, also, you know what? You, you know better what your show is about. Um, other things that are coming up... Oh, yeah, one thing that I did do was I changed the... made a subtle change to the intro speeches so that um, every 10 episodes, you get an anniversary announcement. So if you do 10 episodes, you get an anniversary announcement and every every uh, variation thereof. So you'll start hearing that if you listen Cheers. carefully. That's I need great. to I need to publish many more shows. I want to Indeed. get to ten. <laughs> and we're coming up close to Ugg Camp people, so we should um Yay stickers and merch and all that sort of stuff and the UK HBR booth kit, wherever that is, dust it off. Oh 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 I know where it is, I know where it is. And uh Tim Timmy is coming to Old Camp, and he is holding it at the moment. And he's uh, he said to me on Mastodon, "I suppose you want the table kit." And I said, "Oh, it's funny you should say that." And uh, so he's bringing it anyway. Excellent. So, yes. Do you have a table there? Did we get? Well, I asked for a table, and I was told, "Yes, we can organise table. We don't not quite sure what we're doing about tables at the moment, but you're on the list. But it might be a good idea if if." Uh, we ask again just to make sure it doesn't fall off the uh, yeah. the agenda. If you wanna, if you wanna ask and go go right ahead. Might be better if more get, than one person get, asks. Are we going um, to record an HBR episode? Episodes, episodes, my friend. I'm episodes. coming there to chill, mm. and nobody can uh, force me to record shows. I'm no, whole plan is to go and chill. Actually, my whole plan is to go there and recruit people to record shows. That is essentially my clever and well, plan. I don't know if I... It worked last year. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's going to work after this show, but okay. Cool. Um, yeah, stickers. I need to organize stickers and the like, I guess. Yeah. Anyone got a... And t-shirts. Yeah. Anyone got uh, ideas for uh, where we can get uh, stickers, like cheap, lots of them? Mm, no. Okay, not you guys, but general HBR community. Feel free to uh, throw us a line on the mailing list or uh, comment on this episode. So, is that it? Are we done? Is it over? I think, uh, I think we've done it. Yep. Yeah. I think that's everything. So, the question is, will Ken edit out the show or not? Tune it, <laughs> by which time I have to edit this more. Is Ken a lazy bastard or not? Hmm. <laughs> okay, tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of Hacker. Hacker.
Public <laughs> radio. 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 We should do it all together. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.